0: when you walk into a new kitchen you know they they straight away the first question are we Italian first say no you know they're like okay go cut tomatoes
1: that was salim gafiri and it's your boy i drift and you're listening to the what's good no podcast whether it's pizza business or life my guest and i are always talking about ways we can level up we have a lot to learn today from chef salim he is one of melbourne's most amazing pizza yolos, and he has this crazy huge following i was excited to like get to know him and finally hear his voice and yes he does have an australian accent if you want to see how he looks and all of that good stuff it's going to be on youtube it's going to be on spotify so check out the video other than that though we talk about all of his upbringings and how it's led him to where he's at today making pizza doing what he loves and being extremely passionate about it all we also talk about his huge following account on instagram what that means for him and business moving forward this is an amazing episode so sit back relax and enjoy the show and remember to always ask what's good though Welcome to the What's Good Dough podcast and get ready to level up. But before we continue with the show, I want to introduce you to my two show sponsors, Uni Pizza Ovens and Cordo Olive Oil. Let's start with Uni. They are the number one pizza oven company in the world with the best community there is. Because of their ovens, I have made some of the most amazing pizzas. From round pies to squares, I'm able to get to temperatures of up to 900 degrees, allowing me to cook the pizzas of my dreams. If you're looking to grow your pizza business, buying an Uni makes sense. My past guest, Ryan of Sanctuary Pizza, has a mobile catering company powered by Uni. These powerful ovens are efficient, lightweight, and can be used almost anywhere. Whether you take pizza seriously like me or want to run a pizza operation like Ryan, Uni is the choice for you. Use the link in the show notes and join the Uni community. My second show sponsor is Cordo Olive Oil. At first, I didn't believe that olive oil mattered. It wasn't until I got educated and learned about the difference between commodity oil and Cordo's fresh-squeezed olive oil that I ditched the supermarket stuff. Today, I only use Cordo Olive Oil when it comes to making my dough and even doing a post-bake drizzle. Mm. I have even made some amazing pesto with it. Oh my goodness. Corto's high quality olive oil does really elevate anything it touches. My buddy Chris, who runs a slice of New Jersey, just switched over to Corto. Not only is he getting quality, but he ended up saving money by switching over too. If you're still unsure of the difference, pizza operators can sign up for a free olive oil tasting. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my show sponsors and supporting this show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am excited to bring you all my guest today. His name is Salim Gafairi. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. You
0: said it right. <laughs> well done, man. <laughs> well done. First guy, You you know you pronounced my name right, which is uh, ten points to you. There you go, I mean,
1: (laughs) I've messed up some names in the past and like, I just feel so bad because my name is hard and like, I I appreciate it when people make the time to learn my
0: name, so I wanted to get yours down. No, thanks, man. Um, And first of all, I want to say that thank you very much for inviting me to your beautiful show, beautiful podcast, and I'm really happy to be here today talking to you, nothing but pizza and and everything.
1: It's going to be a fun time. I'm really excited, man heck yeah
0: oh i can't <laughs> wait i can't wait you know we've been talking about doing this for uh, quite a while time now isn't it
1: yeah 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 and i'm glad i'm glad we finally made it happen
0: oh yeah absolutely hopefully we'll do you know maybe this will be part one maybe we'll do part two part three why not why not well before nah.
1: we, we we can't even get into talking about part two or part three yet until we talk about this first question
0: that's right man
1: <laughs> there's no right or wrong <laughs> answer what's good though
0: Good question, my friend. Good question. I thought of this, and um, I'm like, how do I answer this? Um, I thought of, I thought of it, and for me, the good dough is the two parts to that question. The first part will be when you get your slice, when you bite into the the pizza, you know when you bite into a good good dough, and after that, after maybe two three hours later. It's about how you feel, how that pizza sits in your in your tummy. It's really important for me uh, for dough to be, you know, digestible, sits in the tummy just right, and not bloated. Because I've eaten some pizzas, initial taste and stuff. They look, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, and you bite into it and and you you eat it, and that couple of hours later, you feel like you know a bit of a sweating and. You know, you you feel bloated. For me, that's a red flag. But yeah, when you once you eat the pizza, you shouldn't be feeling bloated and just feel light. That's a good dough for me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that you took it that way. I've never heard anyone really talk about that feeling post eating, and I think it's an important one. And we'll definitely talk about digestibility and hopefully do a deep dive on what you mean about texture, and have you describe that more and how to get that texture. Um, but before we get too far into the episode, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, let's give an introduction to who you are, aside from the fact that you are one of the most amazing pizza makers on Instagram. I'm seriously amazed by your process. and so Thank you. I can't wait to learn about you, man. Tell us a little bit more about you.
0: So first of all, my name is Selim Ghaffari. I, I was born in Turkey, born there. And pretty much raised in Australia. I came in in Australia, Melbourne, 2004, with my two sisters. Um, and at that time, I was 14, turning 15 years old. Um, didn't know a single word of English. And I, w- I went to um, English Language Centre. I've learned English in nine months. And then I was ready for year 10, which is the uh, high school. So it was a really fast track learning for me, you know, from from zero to hundred, it just happens so quickly. My sister Nada, which is a t- really talented chef as well. Um, at that time she was working at this Italian restaurant and on the weekends, you know, I was home by myself, a bit bored, just playing PlayStation all day. And then she took me one day, you know, I'm like, she was like, instead of, you know, sitting all day, come with me, you know? So I did some uh, work with her and then I really quite like it. That's my, my thoughts and, Uh, Me wanting to be a chef slash pizza maker um, started.
1: You got your first foray into food by following your sister to work. And then when did you start actually working and learning? Or did you take classes? How did you get those mad skills that you have?
0: I've started in the kitchen in 2004, late 2004. Just helped working one or two days, just, you know, washing pans and pots, just killing some time on the weekend because I had nothing to do. One day, at, at that particular restaurant, they were you know doing some grill stuff, pastas, pizzas, and then I saw the pizza boys. You know, I saw the dough, the pizzas coming out of the oven. It was a deck, it was a double deck oven. Uh, I remember like yesterday, it was a double deck oven, and they were cooking the pizzas on an actual on, on on trays, right? So I'm like, I'm like, wow, that looks interesting, you know. So I requested to be to go and make pizza there, you know. So they were like, okay, we'll give you a try, you know. So I remember one of the one of the times, the very, very first times, they told me to go and make the pizza. I'm like, okay, I didn't stretch or anything. This stressed is for me. So I'm like, all right, I'll top it up. I'll top the pizza and then I topped it like a cake. I mean, these <laughs> things look like a Chicago-style pizza, you know, like so thick. You know, maybe there were like two kilos of cheese. They were like, "What are you doing?" This that I'm like, "I don't know, you know what I'm doing." I'm just 14 years old, anyway. And then, um, and then, and then they told me, "Okay, you know, you are you are green. You know, you, you you need to learn everything." So we started from the basics. They took me in. They were really nice. They were really kind. Um, and that's how I started, man. Like um, they thought they, they they taught me how to stretch by hand, how to make the dough at the age of 14, yeah, 15, pretty much.
1: When did you start moving into a more Neapolitan style, where you're just cooking directly on the hearth and and baking it in an open flame, not a double deck oven?
0: Late two thousand eight, I I went to this place. It was really a popular, well known in in um, in Melbourne. So I worked there for a bit. Uh, it's called Doc Doc. It's a really good restaurant, and the the ex owner, which is the Tony Nicolini, really um. Is one of my idols in in pizza universe, and he's he's so good. And at that time, he yeah, had his head chef uh, Alessio uh, taught me a few skills as well. So they were they were using double deck oven uh, as well there. So I was I was you know I was comfortable to cook it cooking it on the stone. Obviously different, you know, when you cook it with the with the live fire. But yeah. um, my experience with the live live fire started later on the the years. Um, because I had to, in 2014, I paused my um, my pizza making life. I'm like, you know, I need to go and work in actual proper kitchen to get some knowledge and skills, you know. So I've, I've done that for a few years. Um, you know, I did some Italian cuisine and Spanish cuisines. I, I ran uh, a couple of years, I ran a Spanish uh, tapas restaurant I learned lots of skills. Um, And one day I said in late 2017, I'm like, you know what? I want to get back into it. But this time, I want to do both. You know, I want to run a proper pizzeria. So that's how my journey started. In
1: 2014, when you took a break from pizza,
0: kind of. At that time, in uh, 2010, I was still working in the kitchen, you know, making a little bit of a pasta, stuff like that. And then I thought to myself, I need to spread my wings and I, I, I have to, you know, learn, um, you know, more more things in depth. So I went to uh, work with my sister and at that time she was working at Ciccone's Flinders Lane, which is a really good high-end Italian restaurant. So it gave me, it gave me opportunities to um, learn wealth of knowledge, you know, when you think that, you know, everything actually, you're just getting started, you know? Um, right. so it was really nice.
1: Mm. So do you apply some of those skills and lessons learned to your pizza today?
0: Yeah. In, in a way, you know, um, I, I've realized when you work in the high end, high end restaurants, you know, like, you know, you have to be like, I've, 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 got my discipline from there. I'm really highly organized when I work in the kitchens, uh, when I, when I run the restaurants, Um, I think I do have a OCD, maybe, you know, you call it, like everything has to be um, organized around me or else I feel not right, you know.
1: So where are you at today? Are you, I see that you're doing uh, a couple of pop-ups. Are you still working at a restaurant? What are you doing?
0: Yeah, yeah, so the story now, I recently joined St. Ali group. Uh, They are probably one of the biggest coffee roasters in Australia. And yeah, and they do supply I think around the world as well. Um, they've got a few projects uh, in the pipeline. So one of them is uh, opening up a pizzeria in Melbourne CBD. Uh, is right next to a Melbourne Uni, just uh, in the entrance of the really busy uh, uni. So I will be the head chef there, running the pizzeria. And we've got a beautiful kiosk kiosk at the front, which I will be making, you know, housemate uh, focaccias stuff like that. Yeah, so that's my story right now. i with the company on the weekends. I've been doing my pop-ups with Ghost New Dome. Um, yeah, so I'm just having fun doing the pop-ups. It's really great.
1: You know, we were talking about texture earlier, and we were talking about digestibility. Can you dive in a little bit more about that and maybe talk to us a little bit about your dough?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I use double uh, O flour, which is mm-hmm. caputo, and I've used... Um, I always try to test other different brands and flowers, you know, uh, type zero, double zero, and then I've used a couple of really good Australian grains from Sydney. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're really good, good flowers. Uh, with the digestibility, it is, I've only used four types of ingredients and. I use just a fraction of years in my dough, so I let it rise. I let it prove, ferment over two to three days. That gives me really, really light and easily, easily digestible dough. I don't use uh, bigger or poolish in my in my recipes. I found because um, I, always, I always do it in the restaurants, I believe that, is uh, in, in in Melbourne weather is really tricky. You know, one one day is cold, one day is warm. I do a simple direct method, which you know it gives me the result that I need, that I want, and it's uh, it's easy to monitor in the mm. in the restaurant scene. So digestibility comes from me is that you know the, the way the way you mix the dough, how long you mix the dough, and the final result obviously, um, obviously if you do mix it at a at a certain Um, Above certain temperature, or you mix it too much, the end result, you know, when you're cooking it, you know, it it impacts the result directly.
1: What temperature are you uh, finishing your mix at?
0: Maximum, I I tend to finish maximum of 23 degrees. Um, You know, as I said, this is not right or wrong. This is what I've done. Uh, 21 to 23 degrees um, is a sweet spot for me. Um, And I start my water temperature. I shred use from the tap water, um, and then I, I measure that with the laser gun. If it's, if it's below 12 degrees, perfect, anywhere, you know, it, it's fine. If it's above 12 degrees, I just feel a couple of ice blocks there uh, to to make it a bit more cooler, and, mm-hmm. and that's the trick with my water. Okay.
1: So for me, when I'm doing – so I, I heard about this 23 23- – degrees celsius and i think it's around like 72 fahrenheit don't quote me on that i don't have the calculator right now (laughs) but i um that's why my dough was not working for me i was mixing too hot yeah Uh, do you know why like why is that the case why is 23 degrees or 20 i've even heard someone say 24 degrees celsius but but why is that so important that number
0: if you mix it to 24, 25, it, it, it will activate. The fermentation process will start without even you knowing, without even mm. you boiling it up. In the end, in after a day or two, the diet, the final result will be over-fermented dough.
1: What if I finish my dough mixing and I'm at like 19 Celsius or 20 and it's like kind of really cold? Is that still going to be okay? Um, is there such thing as too cold
0: dough? Mm, how long do you mix the dough? Well, the if dough it's a probably. low, if
1: it's a lower hydration, um, sometimes it's only like, uh, like eight to 10 minutes for a two to three kilo batch, Sixty, sixty-three mm. 63%. Sometimes I use colder water just because I'm scared that I'm going to go
0: past. Yeah. Yeah. 23 <laughs> Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, normally the sweet spot is 20, 20 to 21 degrees, of course, you know, but I've, you know I've been I always check it with the laser I always finish below 23 you know uh, if you see it 19 I let it I let it go a bit more uh, that means you know you're not overly needing it though I mean if you mix it like half an hour it's 19 degrees which is I believe impossible um, but you know if you're mixing it 15 to 20 degree, 15 to 20 minutes and it's 19 you can you can go you know a bit more um, mm-hmm. I mean in I believe that in the dough making I, I don't have a recipe I just have a method you know I can I can say, all right, one kilo flour uh, 600 mils of water you know salt olive oil this that it's it is a recipe but every single um every single place the environment you're in you need to adapt to that you know like Um, in Melbourne, if the weather is too hot, maybe I will, um, you know, I will put a little bit of ice in the dough machine because the dough machine, it gets really hot. I'm going to cool that first. And then I take the ice out, you know, um, if you don't have ice and then you, you know, you're going to use the bowl, which is like 25, 30, 30 degrees. And then, you know, you're going to have to adapt to that. So, um, you know, I don't really follow one recipe. I just have methods that I follow.
1: Do you have things that you're looking for in in those methods? Like, what are you doing to, as far as yeah. knowing it's done other than the temperature?
0: So um, I normally do my dough 65 to between between 65 70 percent hydration, and when I do finish my dough, I uh, check the temperature, and also I make sure that the dough is fully clean around the bowl. There's mm-hmm. like no flour left or lumps or anything. And the one I when I'm moving the when I'm moving the uh, dough is like nothing left the bowl is clean so that's a, that's a good sign for me um should be should be mixed that way or there's no like if you're using oil there's no oil left behind no salt stuff like that
1: okay so when you're done mixing it do you do any sort of stretch and folds or are you just are you bulk fermenting are you dividing it up what are you doing um
0: depending depending on the, let's say, for example, I did this um, in the lockdown um, during the, uh, the during the COVID lockdown. I did some pop-ups and I was limited with the free space. So I couldn't really do my usual method, you know, make the dough, rest for half an hour to one hour, and the bowl it up in the trays and in the cool room. I couldn't do that. So I need to adapt. I did I did bowl fermentation. So to do that, you know, I did my dough straight into the <laughs> tubs in in the room temperature for about two three hours, and then straight into the fridge. And mm. six to eight hours before my uh, before the event started, I will be boiling it up. And by the time I use it, it's all uh, ready to go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So for the so for the restaurant, I do the I do my usual technique. You know, I make the dough. If, the, if the, the outside temperature is not really, not really um, cool, I will be um, you know, taking it out living for a couple of hours and, uh, and boil it up and straight into the fridge. Got it.
1: Okay. How do you know when your dough balls are ready? Do you just go for 48 hours and then it's ready to go? Or do you like poke the ball or do you like smell it? What's your I, um, indicator that it's ready to go?
0: So after 48 hours um, in the fridge, yeah, like you can literally tell it. Um, combination of smelling the dough, it should have a really nice fragrance, um, and also if you use the right amount of yeast, they will look all like uniform, not really overly puffy. Um, they will look beautiful and shiny. Um, and also you can you can like when it press on the dough you can you can tell if it's ready. If it's like really really tight that means for me uh, that's all I can say you know for me it is not that the, the dough needs maybe one more day or a few more hours knee uh, um, but if it's like really nice soft touch, mm-hmm. not too soft, not too hard so that means it's ready. There yeah, when
1: go. when I see your when I see your stretching process, you don't do too much to your dough. I feel like you dip it in the semola, right? The is that what you're using? The yeah, sam- yeah, fine semolina.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you uh, tap, tap, tap with your hands, and then you pick it up and you throw it one hand, two hands, one hand, two hand. Yeah. And then yeah. it's ready to go. Like your dough is, just seems so soft. At that point, are you just like letting it come to room temperature, and and it just does that automatically?
0: Yeah, so that, so that process is after uh, before your service starts uh, you know whether you're, you're at home or I also I always refer to services you know I'm talking sure. like I'm thinking in a restaurant so before your service starts uh, about if it's winter two hours summer one hour before I take my dye out and then if the, the the temperature about anywhere between 13 degrees to 20 degrees. That's the sweet spot for me, you know. As I said, everyone's doing it differently, but this, this is what I do. Of course, I, I take it out, and then after one hour, the dough. When you take the dough ball out, it's like it should be relaxed and ready to go. When you stretch it, like uh, with my dough, it never like it. it doesn't feel um, tight or strong. It's just like I don't really have to do much, you know. It just yeah. like opens itself.
1: I know I'm 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 always <laughs> surprised it it looks so effortless.
0: Yeah. And also thanks to the hydration that that I use, you know a little bit more um 6 to 8% is my sweet spot. Um, yeah. so it's like really easy to stretch as well.
1: Got it. So it basically opens up itself and then I what I do notice when you're making your pizza is that you put your your tomatoes, uh, your tomatoes on your toppings, and then you you don't stretch it all the way at first. You kind of like stretch it, in. it looks like maybe if you're cooking a 12 inch pizza, you it looks like you're maybe going to like nine or ten, and then yep. you get it on the peel and then stretch it out. That's um, right. Is that a traditional way of doing things, or is that just like where did you get that idea, and, and why do you do it that way?
0: So um, when I work with uh, you know some Italian chefs and Neapolitan in Neapolitan style restaurants. Actually, uh, they actually they put the peel. Uh, someone holds the peel, and the other person they um, they slide into the peel, and then they do the final stretch and they go. But for me, because the place that I worked at the last previous place, Aubrey, I we were making like five six hundred um, pizzas a day. We don't have oh, time to. yeah, it's, it's 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 their mayhem, man. It's crazy. It's <laughs> really really crazy. Um, so when you, you know, when you don't have time, I'm like, you know what? I can't do it. And I'm using the GM metal, uh, pizza peels. They're so good and reliable. I just go under,
1: slide take it, it under,
0: slide it under a couple of moves because the dough is so soft, easy to stretch as well. Just slide it under a couple of stretches and off she goes. Um, that's, yeah, that's how I do it. I just, you know, I don't muck around, just hold the peel, you know, stretch it over there, drag it. I just go under it. Uh, as you know, Neapolitan style pizza. When you when we stretch it, if it stretches to a final um, final shape, final size, when you go under it, we could actually puncture the dough underneath and that it will, and then we will have a hole into it. Um, that's the reason why we always do a let's say if it's a twelve inch twelve inch pie, I stretch it to ten inch size uh it makes it easier to slide it but if it's 12 inch of the full size you know i would i would i will be struggling to slide it underneath or maybe eight at eight, eight out of ten uh, eight, eight out of ten times it might be all right but um you know there's a high chance that you will puncture the pizza
1: yeah i, I have ripped plenty of pizza that way when i've overstretched that first versus just keeping it small and then stretching it on the peel
0: yeah, same. Like the New York style pizzas, you know, like they do, they stretch it straight to 18-inch, isn't it, like yeah. on, the, on the peel, right. and then they slide it in. So yeah. you can do it with the wood. If you have wood peel, um, you know, put a little bit of semolina. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it will work on uh, the normal regular peels. You could put semolina maybe, and maybe, maybe it could stick. Uh, with the wooden peels, you could stretch all the way and just, Slide it like
1: normal, like a New York style. Yeah, no, uh, I th- I think you're right. Like, the bigger the pizza, the harder it is to slide that uh, metal peel under, and the more yeah. risky, so definitely makes sense. Absolutely. I want to talk about your Instagram.
0: Yeah, man, go for
1: it. Hey, hey, pizza pal. I just want to say thank you for listening to the show so far, and thank you for making it all the way here. Before we get on to the end of the show, I want to remind you all, so please leave a rating on the podcast you could do it right now uh, just go ahead and click five stars if you're listening on spotify or apple it will greatly help the show i appreciate you so much and if you're looking to buy an uni or a second uni the affiliate link helps the show so so much so please use that anytime you're considering a new oven all right enjoy the rest of the show Dude, your, your follower count is um, incredibly, amazingly, impressively high. When yeah, did yeah. when did your Instagram account kind of take off and maybe you can shed some light on, you know, how that
0: happened? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm more than happy to share that. So uh, when did I open the account, of course, Instagram? I mean, a long time ago, maybe 2015. I don't know, when I first – I used to be, you know – I, I used to take photos, you know, a lot of photos, but I've never shared it, you know. I kind of regret it now because all those times I worked at really cool places, you know, not not pizza, you know, all those photos are gone now, you know. I've been changing, you know, the phone, stuff like that. They all got lost. But it really took off uh, when I got to Rockbox in, I think it was late 2017 or 2018, I can't really remember. Um, and then I started making pizzas and stuff um, at home. Um, and then in 2020, it really started, you know. I've, I think, I, um, you know, Huang, Huangji Pizza as well, you know, at that time he was, he was really popular. I mean, he's still, you know, popular more than ever. Um, at that time, yeah, it was, it was me, Huang, Huangji Pizza, and a few other people were just getting started, you know, in the, in the pizza world. And just lately, man, last six months or last one year, it really, um, it blew up. And then one of my uh, video recently got like viral. I don't know what happened to the algorithm. There was like almost 800,000 um, likes, which is, um, Whoa. Yeah, I was like, what? Well, like what happened? You know, just the normal, regular video. Um, and then what, in that, what was in the that video. video yeah. I it was just like me stretching it the pizza. It's just a really basic stuff that I do. Uh, but if you take a look at the comments, everyone was like, "Not enough cheese, not enough cheese, add more cheese." I'm <laughs> like, "This is an Neapolitan style pizza, you know." I just laugh. Some of the comments, you know, I just I just laugh. Um, I'm like, you know, there's enough cheese on there. And that that particular pizza, we 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 used to put more buffalo mozzarella afterwards. So I do understand people love cheese, but. You can't really put too much cheese on a neapolitan style pizza or else you know, you're know you going to have a – It's going to, the pizza's are going to be like an ocean, so, so watery, you know? <laughs>
1: it's going to look like that first pizza you ever made.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly right. Yeah, like a cake, man, like a cake. We're yeah. not making cakes.
1: One of my friends, he's this social media marketer, and he was just talking about one of his posts that went viral and he said the same thing. It was just kind of like the comments. People were arguing in the comments. Mm. I, I noticed that you know if if you are getting a lot of engagement on your post, if people are either talking nicely about it or yeah, yeah. sometimes better talking crap about it, yeah, exactly. If people are going back and forth. Instagram is like, oh, there's a lot of engagement there. Maybe we should continue to share it with other people.
0: Maybe okay. Maybe the comments it does not the-
1: Nowadays, people are saying like, share this with a friend or save it. And if you see that there are a lot of shares and a lot of saves, That's usually, right. I, right? Usually, I'll see that too. But maybe the uh, comments are like the next thing that that uh that are an uh, indicator of your post blowing up. Or yeah,
0: anything. like to be honest, like you know, I love I love Instagram. I love you know sharing my love and passion there, posting, editing videos. But by but by, by no means I'm not a uh, uh, like your friend, you know, like um, like, like a marketer or something. That's right, yeah. I'm not. I'm just like putting it out there, man. You know, um, if if people follow me, thank you very much. You know, I uh, <laughs> you know I, I really do it with love and passion, uh, and I'm really grateful of the so many followers that I have, and uh, I, I do all this content for them. You know, I hope they enjoy. But lately, as you know, um, the the algorithm doesn't let me to reach too many people. Like for example, last if you look, look at the last few posts, there's like two, three hundred likes, for example, you know. So it's not reaching or uh, people not interested, I'm not sure. But in that video, the one of the got viral, like, it's like 30, 40,000 saved it. Um, it's like over, over 25 million views, I think, happened. Mm-hmm. So just not sure how Instagram works, but maybe you're right. There's the comments. So after that video, I believe that for some reason, Instagram ghosted me. Literally hmm. in like four weeks, three, four weeks, there's like 60,000 people just um, followed me in that short span of time. Every morning I was waking up, there's like one and a half thousand people. I'm like, what's happening, you know? <laughs> and then all That's of a sudden, yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. Like, I was like, wow, you know, it's crazy. And then, um, and the people were like, oh, you know, you're a celebrity. now. I'm like, relax, I'm not, you know, I'm just the guy that he loves, loves pizza. It really, you know, like. Some people, you know, they are too too stuck with their follower count. But I'm not. To be honest, I'm not. I'm like, I'm a humble guy, man. Like, um, like I don't really care about the, how many followers I've got, but at the same time, I do because they're really the people following me because I know they like my content, and I really appreciate it, and I do do want to give back. You know, whether it's a knowledge, whether it's a good content, you know, I really want to look after them, every single one of them. Um, but you know, like I don't, I don't really try to, you know, like um, tell people, oh, follow me, follow me, follow me, please, you know, um, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Um, I just, I just do, you know. I really love pizza, and that's what I do.
1: You definitely speak to me when you post. I love, you know, learning from you. And yeah, some people are very thirsty on Instagram, and um, which is fine. I, I don't yeah, see which you <laughs> But you know, I don't see you as that. So I, I really love the balance, and I think um, you know, I think a lot of people appreciate what you do.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, and it makes me really happy. You know, I see big names like uh, love like I love my dream. I wish, I wish I was living in America right now. I would be at uh, Una Pista Napolitana every week. You know, so, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Anthony Mangieri, um, and you know, he's he's my idol. Um, you know, his character. The way he speaks, the way he's loved and passion, um, we could you know we could talk about him for hours. But I really love him, and um, he's my idol. Um, you know, he's he's following me, which is well, when he did that. I almost like dropped my phone, and you know? I'm like, he's serious? It's crazy!" You know, uh, I, I you know I said to my wife, "I'm like, wow, Anthony Manger is like this guy. We're, we're just watching him. yesterday on YouTube, and he's following me. Can you believe it? It's crazy, you know." And then. Um, and then Tony Gemignani, you know, I don't know if I if I say his surname right. My apologies,
1: Gemignani. It's all good. Gemignani, yeah, is um yeah. Is,
0: is one of my favorite as well. Is is a, is a top top bloke, top guy. Um, these are the you know the real the deals, you know. Um, uh, Anthony Falco, uh, you know, it's it's really like the people that you like to follow yourself as well, you know. Um, goes to the community. There's so many people. You know, um, it makes me really happy. You know, to be in this uh, pizza world, I really love it.
1: Do you have any plans to visit the US anytime oh, soon?
0: If it was up to me, I'll be there tomorrow, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Me and my wife, we're just waiting for a, a baby girl to, you know, grow a bit more. She's just recently turned one. So oh, maybe next guts. year, the year, year after. Thank you, thank you. Maybe year. Uh, one year or two years later I'm planning to come um, and do a, you know do a bit of a trip around there's so many places man if it was after to me I would love to open up a pizzeria in uh, in America it looks so you know it looks looks so good it's my dream
1: yeah what is next for you um out of curiosity do you have do you still have those ambitions uh, to open up a pizzeria uh you know like would you ever consider opening up one yourself in Australia? Just what's what's next?
0: Um, yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I am working towards the, uh, that um, goal. Like to be honest, with the with the company that I'm working right now, after I open a, o- open the um, the restaurant for them, we are hoping to open one flagship store together. We'll see, you know, if it happens or not. But um, within, within two, three years, I will have to open my own restaurant. I think it's time, and I think I'll have to do it. Um, th- There's no better time than now. So it has to happen, like, really, really soon. Because I've got the energy, I want to use it, man, you know. So, uh, i have to do it. So
1: this restaurant uh, that you're working at right now maybe wants to partner up with you. Mm. Um is that why you decided to work with them?
0: Yeah, like initially, um, the, the 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 talks were like, uh, you know, they've had a project in, in in Melbourne Uni. So my plan is to open that restaurant, you know, make it really profitable, you know, running smoothly, nice, and and we will look into it. You know, the second second phase, which is the hopefully opening up a pizzeria. If you could, obviously, these things doesn't happen overnight. I do you understand? Um, you know, we have to find the right location, you know, fight to find the right, right venue and, you know, fit out, stuff like that. So may, may take some, take some time, but hopefully we are heading that way.
1: Out of curiosity, do you, uh, I noticed on your Instagram that you never really do pictures or videos of you. It's always the pizza. Yeah. And, And is there any reason why?
0: Yeah. Good question, man. I, um, I always thought that you know rather than myself let the pizza you know people see the pizza it's um, you know they, they don't really need to see me but yeah you're right maybe you're right you know people should see me um, you know maybe maybe I feel a little bit self-conscious you know maybe I have to lose lose my um, my muffin tops maybe. You know a little bit. <laughs> no. I have to lose no, a little man, bit of weight high. first, man. To be honest, <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's definitely. Uh, I um, um, you know, I um, like, yeah, it's, it's a good question, actually. You know, I I don't know. I always, you know, when we record, I'm like constrained on the pizza. Um, that's why I, I never barely take photos of myself and stuff like that, but. I took it. They are all in uh, exclusively on my on my phone. You know, I can't I can't share them, but I I don't know why I don't do it. True. Yeah.
1: No, I'm just you know like when I when I hear your story, I can't help but think that you don't have um, at least a handful of people looking to partner with you uh, and opening up your restaurant. Like you know, like with all of your followers, with all of your experience, I just couldn't help but think that. Um, if you really want your restaurant, I, I feel like you could get one. And I'm wondering like, you know, if, if people got to know you more as a person, maybe that number of interested people would be like, Oh, maybe I want to work with
0: that guy. Maybe. Yeah, know. you're right. You're right. Um, a lot of people, you know, that's how I'm you, you need to be a bit more vocal on Instagram. I you know, do, for example, do your lives, uh, do, you know, recipe videos, maybe get onto the YouTube, do a couple of videos there um and and if people get to know me which uh, y- you're right people know me just my pieces but if you, if they really get to know me the I was going to say the real film, the real film shady um you know and that, <laughs> and then they will I love that <laughs> if they really you know if they get the real film shady and then you know they will actually I've got a bit of a sense of humor you know I'm a bit of a character I think you know um, it will be, it will be a lot of fun, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I just have to, you know, be, stop being shy and just get out there and do it. Hey man, you don't seem shy at all when you're talking to me on no, this podcast. Thanks, so maybe
1: it's just because it's just you and me one-on-one, <laughs> but if you channel that same ener- energy and think you're just talking to one person on Instagram, I think you would do just fine.
0: Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. I do get, you know, I, di- I did get some offers, stuff like that, you know, but you're right, once if I, I think, put my, you know, put out, put myself out there, maybe, yeah, the more doors will might open.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you have a good thing right now, too, mm. right? So definitely don't discount that. No, like, no, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, if... I know you said that we're going to try things out with a, with, a, with a one location and see if mm-hmm. it goes your way, mm-hmm. but it's good to have that backup plan if absolutely. it
0: doesn't go your You're way, right. right? Yeah, absolutely, man. You're right. I mean, look, the, the people that I'm working with now, they're lovely, they're amazing, they, you know, I feel like I feel home, which is really, um, really, it, it, it matters, you know, the, every single person, you know, my bosses and the managers and stuff like that, they're loving people um they're really great to work with um so far so far so good to be honest but yeah I mean if anyone want to sponsor me and my family over in America they know they know where I am <laughs>
1: yeah let's make it happen no I, I definitely want all the best for you and I want you to be happy and taking no, care thanks, of Thanks, I appreciate it yeah man no I believe in you and so yeah, thank you for entertaining that. It was just like, a, it was one insight that I just had to poke at. You know, I, I always, when I saw you today on video, and so everyone listening here, <laughs> make sure to check out the video version. I, I realized I had really never seen your face or heard your voice. Remember yeah, I you're right. Commenting you, commenting on your cool Australian accent. And I'm like, oh, you have an Australian accent. Of yeah. course he you does. Yeah. You, you've been here since you were a kid. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of a, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have it like, 100% Aussie accent, but is like, a less than broken, maybe broken English, broken accent, I don't know, something like that. Maybe 10 years later, I will have a fluent Aussie accent, maybe, I don't know, you see, you know, but.
1: <laughs> I can't tell the difference, so I think you got one. Okay, you've been very gracious with your time, I just want to ask you my final two questions. What's one mistake in pizza, business, or life that people should avoid?
0: One mistake should avoid I don't know maybe not trusting people enough could be a mistake mm. not sure why do you say that maybe um, uh, I don't know like because of my experience I worked in tough kitchens difficult situations me being Turkish making pizza you know you know some people look down on me you know they, they said no you know you can't make pizza you're not Italian for example I mean I love Italians you know I've got really good friends Italian I'm married to one you know my wife is Italian um, her family is Italian but for some reason you know um, you know they didn't trust me. Um, they didn't you know make me make the dough or you know stretch a pizza just because I was in Italian for example you know so I think people uh, when it's, when, it, when it's time when, sh- when someone's showing you know um, you know progress and you know good attitude trust them. You know, maybe if if you don't if you don't trust, and you know, maybe you're not going to get you know as much uh, value out of them. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's my that's my answer to that question. It's, um,
1: just as a follow up, how did you eventually get people's trust?
0: Oh, like I just I just had a chat with them. You know, I told them like, give me a chance. You know, like, I can do this. You know, or um, or you know, I just. You know, just worked hard, put my head down, um, and then, and then they saw, and they saw the work that I've done, and they, in the end they they trusted me, yeah. Like um, you know, when you when you walk into a new kitchen, you know they they straight away the first question, you know, they're like, oh, can you can you do this? Can you do that? Or are you telling? If I say no. You know, they're like, okay, go go um, cut tomatoes. If I say yes, okay, come stretch the pizza. But <laughs> you know, like uh, happens like that, but you know, you just it was I'm talking years ago, years ago, you know. But it's understandable, you know, it's it's normal. But in the end they all trusted me and that's it.
1: Beautiful. Great advice. Thank you for sharing.
0: My thanks, man. Appreciate it.
1: You have been so gracious with your time. I really appreciate it, and I want to give you the space uh, to answer this final question. What do you want to leave the audience with
0: today? I want to leave the audience with uh, with lots of lots of love and passion. You know, whatever you're doing in your life, do it with the love and passion. Uh, do do what you love, because when you do when you do what you love, you will never feel like you you um, you are at work. I know a lot of people say this say that a lot you know but it's, it is really true for me it, it's not work well I, when I'm going to work I never feel like I'm working all day every day I can be at the pizzeria I never feel like that I'm working yes at the end of the day maybe I might be a little bit tired but I never I never feel sick of it lots of people are here you know sick of this sick of that pizza one thing is that you really need to love it and enjoy it and that's the only way that you can do it, or else it's really hard. It's repetitive work. Uh, it's not for everyone. I love it, and I do it with a passion.
1: Beautiful way to end, Salim. Thank you so much Thanks, for being man. on the show. I really appreciate, appreciate
0: it. it, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And I'm um, and i um, not looking forward to hearing my own voice uh, in there. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I can't wait to um, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I'll listen to it. I'll show it with the wife as well. But thank you very much for your time too, man. I um, appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man.